warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! What is this? That's your plate of nerdity. This is not nerdity. How can you even call this nerdity? That's what's on the menu. I want you to go in the back and give me all the full frontal nerdity that you have. Wait. I know what you heard is give me a lot of full frontal nerdity. No. Give me all the full frontal nerdity that you have. Yes, sir. A Little Dead Podcast. Your place for full frontal nerdity. You can find episodes on our website at www.littledead.com. You can download us from iTunes and you can join us on our Facebook page. gawking at me, and the short one's being very droll. I don't like them. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 97 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Our first yes. show of 2013. Wow. I never even thought I'd live this long. <laughs> you didn't? I, I hoped you would live this long. God, frankly, I'm surprised. Man, I don't know, Steve. I'm pretty sure you saw it, but uh, I'm still kind of reeling from watching that Seattle game, the Seahawks football debacle. We got to kick things off with this. I was in a good mood. And then all of a sudden, I'm just, you just made me depressed again. That was just a... That was a uh, heartbreaker. There was a brief moment of hope in that game, and the rest was just ugly. It's like, you ever watch one of those nature shows where the cow is trying to cross the piranha-infested river, and then just as soon as it starts, I mean, like, right off the bat, the cow just steps into the water, and boom, it's too deep. And the piranhas everywhere just start biting and clawing. 
chewing its little cow ankles, and you're all, oh no, Mr. Cow, get out of the river. God, I mean, it's just a mess. Cow's all panicked and scared, and instead of getting out of the river, the cow just goes up deeper in the river, and then the piranhas really start going to town on the cow, and they're all chewing holes in the poor creature's sides and his neck and all of its stomachs and everything, and piranhas are just everywhere on that poor cow, and then, 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 then just, just when it seems like there's no hope, the cow starts climbing out of the river and up the bank, and you're thinking, oh, wow, the cow made it, the cow's actually, the, the cow knew what he was doing after all. I mean, sure, there's like a thousand bloody wet holes in the cow body, but maybe the bleeding will stop, and then, and then like a whole troop of Ebola-infested monkeys come screaming out of the jungle, and these monkeys see all the piranha bite holes on the cow, and they just start using these holes for their own personal sexual gratification. And then the cow is like a thousand monkeys just thrusting and paling every square inch of its body until, boom, there's just a sloppy pink explosion of hamburger and monkey spunk. That's what the Seattle game was like. And You're then, your show like that. I'll take your metaphor one further. And then, right. at the height of the thousand monkeys fever, they all accidentally pull out and break their dicks off. <laughs> that was the last thirty seconds of the Seahawks game. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's weird because you're watching the game in the first half. You're kind of coming, starting to come to terms to it mentally because you're like, well, you know, it's we went 8-0 at home. It was a great season. I had a fantastic time. It's so much fun to watch. And then they start getting back into it, and you see them. They're doing it. They're closing the gap. They're getting yeah, the coming on it. getting out of the river. They get to the end of the game, and then their defense, all it needed to do was hold 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And by the time the comeback happened, I just wasn't ready for the season to end. And yeah, so now it's totally depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, good one, Seahawks. That was a great season, I would right say. Right up until that. that game. Good one, Seahawks. Can't wait until next year. That's going to be fun. Okay, honest truth. As a 49ers fan, yeah. who are you more afraid of? The Falcons or the Seahawks coming in there? Falcons. <laughs> I really wanted to play the Seahawks. <laughs> I, I really wanted to play the Seahawks for more than one reason. The Falcons just seem like this blank, no personality having Borg attack is what they are. They're just relentless and efficient, and they scare me. Really? I thought that it kind of made me mad that the Seahawks were making them look that good because they just weren't that impressive to me. Well, see, that's the first game of theirs that I've watched. I've just watched their record over the season. And, oh, yeah. Well, I haven't like, seen wow, any these games guys are either. Pretty good. And that was the first time I had seen them. And it was like the Seahawks most of the time were kind of stepping on their own dick. You got a fumble here. You got a mismanaged clock there. There were small errors, but they were on the Seahawks side that were sort of building up that first half. Atlanta was able just to move right through them like five yards five yards five yards eight yards five yards it was like there was nothing they could do to stop them that kind of scares me because i really want to seattle and san francisco to play again i would love to see them play when both teams show up instead of just having seattle show up because when those teams are on their game they're both a lot of fun to watch they're both really good teams and san francisco just got handled by the seahawks last time so i figured they'd they'd be pumped up for the game and that was going to be a good game. And I don't know. It could have gone either way, but Atlanta, I don't know. That, that's just a faceless machine. Well, what the hell do I know? I mean, I'm the guy that said, I don't know about this Kaepernick. I, I don't know. When the playoffs come, how's he going to do besides setting a record for most yards run and most, I don't even know. I don't know anything. I think that's what it all comes down to, Steve. <laughs> I don't know anything. Fair enough. All right, well, why don't we talk a little bit about our music this episode. Now, this episode is a little bit of a mixed bag. A couple of our... Fa- <laughs> you said bag. A couple of our favorite bands from Northern California have both come out with EPs at roughly the same time. I don't know what it is about people not actually putting out full albums anymore, but uh, since that was the case, we figured we would give you two bands that we'd featured on the show before that we're big fans of. And uh, I hope you dig some of the music. Now, opening up the episode, we had the song Vasily from Sacramento's San Kazagascar, who you may remember. I don't know remember. if it's Vasily or Vasily. Uh, could be either. I, I will let you pronounce it. I okay. am not great I with the Russian. 
That's actually the way it's pronounced. <laughs> that's taken from the Drought Times EP that came out uh, at the tail end of 2012. I hope you enjoyed it, and there will be more from both San Gascar and San Francisco's The Pine Box Boys off of their Worms EP as we continue on the show. Yeah. Hey, Steve. Yes. You know what pisses me off? What's that? Those stupid flat-brim extra-large caps the youngsters wear these days. We've just been talking about football. Did you see the Kaepernick interview the next no, day? No, I, I did not. Time? I tried to not look at Colin Kaepernick as often as possible. Well, he was on, and there was another, nothing else to watch. We didn't record the game first, so I had to sit through halftime. And he's wearing the, the you know, it's a baseball hat, except it's five sizes too big. So his ears actually tuck up inside the hat. <laughs> And it's a flat brim. He looks kind of like Beetle Bailey almost, you know, the flat brim almost hiding his eye. Kids, would you please wear pants that fit, pull them all the way up to your waist, and wear hats that fit, stick them on your head, okay? The big, stupid, flat brim hat has got to go. Who the fuck are you, Bill Cosby? Maybe I am. I'm a grumpy old man. You know why I'm grumpy, Steve? Why? I'm just trying to do my own thing, right? I'm trying to get through life. I'm riding my bike down the street the other day. Just ride it home from Minding your own business. School. My business is minded by me, by no one else. Just riding my bike in the bike lane, mind you. I hit a turkey. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that you just couldn't even, nobody else could make up. This is the shit that happens to you. Does anybody else ride their bike down the street and have a collision with a wild turkey? Let never me tell you. once. I've had wild turkey related access before, but never sober. <laughs> Oh, not that um, wild turkey. No, not that kind. Okay. There's there's like a flock of wild turkeys, and I'm just biking down the street. They see me coming, so they do the turkey thing. They all kind of part like the Red Sea. Some go to the left, some go to the right. We're cool together. Everything's happy. But right when I get up to the flock, one of them loses his little turkey mind and spins around and runs right back into my front tire. <laughs> and there is much squawking and turkey shouting going on i nearly crashed the hell turkeys are pissing me off did the head get like caught in the spokes no it didn't make the and then a thousand monkeys fly out of the right. <laughs> they see all those spoke wounds on that turkey oh god no there was no turkey violation just i don't know yeah you know what pisses me off what? I had to go to the dentist last week and get my semi-annual cleaning. And, of course, you know, you're talking to the dentist and the subject of floss comes up. Now, and why did you wear that underwear? Because you can't see any panty lines, of course. But that's <laughs> right. not really the important thing right here. The important thing is that, you know, I'm sitting there and the, the dentist says, Oh, excuse me, I have to step away for a moment. And she goes and she talks to this other man in the next cubicle is getting his teeth cleaned. And she asks him, Hey, uh, so do you floss often? And he's like, Well, I don't want to lie to you. So, no, not very often. And then she goes, it's like everybody says the same damn thing. Because flossing is kind of, for me anyway, I've got tight teeth. So it's it's a painful, horrific kind of a deal. You're jamming this string down in your teeth. It feels completely unnatural. I don't know of any other creatures in the animal kingdom that actually spend the time to run some sort of a line between their teeth and gums. What the shit? I mean, if, if your doctor or your proctologist came to you and said, Gordon, the way to guarantee lifelong colon health is to stick a toilet brush up your asshole every day, twice a day, and just run it up and down in there for a minute at a time. And I promise you this, you will have clean health the rest of your life. Would you do it? How big is the toilet brush? Normal toilet brush size. The point I'm saying is, and it's like this thing, that it takes me like 60 seconds to brush my teeth. How long does it take to floss? Longer than 60 seconds. So I've got to like dedicate five minutes of my life twice a day to this <laughs> painful thing for the rest of my life? It's fucking horrific. And yet, every time I go in, I'm, like, lying about it. Like, oh, well, I flossed several times. Uh, you can't lie, they know. Here's they the fucking truth. Go, the oh, truth is, is one, no when I get back from the movies, I floss. I have floss around. If I get stuck, stuck in my teeth, I floss a couple of times a week. But I don't floss twice a day like they say you're supposed to. So, I don't know. It's a miserable experience. I can't believe that people actually floss all the time. If there are listeners out there... 
What are you? How often do you floss? Am I totally off base on this? I don't know. I floss every night. You kind of got to do it. Otherwise, you get junk between your teeth, between your tooth and gum. I don't believe you. I've been around you. I've never seen you floss one time. I've known you for 40 years. Well, we don't exactly share the bathroom in the evening. We have. Well, and I've well, never once seen you. As far as I know, you don't even own floss. I've never seen floss well, I in your several possession. Varieties no, it's a it's an old guy grown up thing. I, I didn't floss in high school. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Anyway, I, I got to say, I'm I'm trying to floss, but I'm not a fan. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm sure there are animals in the animal kingdom out it there. Pisses that floss. Like, it pisses me off. Crocodiles, they eat certain birds with really flossy tail feathers or something. I would rather eat somebody's tail feathers. (laughs) (laughs) A toilet brush. (laughs) I would rather eat your used toilet brush than floss. (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't taste very good. Anyway, that's what pisses me off. You know, if if you floss more often, it stops hurting. Because I know when you don't floss for a long time, if you just start flossing, it does. It kind of hurts. Oh, yeah. That's what they say about anal sex, too, right? (laughs) <laughs> it's always to the butt with you, isn't it? You feel better now? I do. How about a tune? How about? Speaking of... Speaking of flossing. Speaking of oral pleasures, this tune is from the Pine Box Boys. From the Worms EP and your lips. Here's a toast to all I've forgotten. May fortune go with you, and may you find the door to the ghosts that we have begotten. I beg you to leave us and linger no more. And if I smile, my smile is careless. And dry as a dew In a while I'll bind up my sorrows Be rid of them soon And your lips Come together with mine And I remember What I remember, I find even better, and I whisper again. And your lips come together with mine, and I'm forgetful. What I've forgotten, I've lost in a whisper. I'm sitting on the wind And your lips 
come together with mine and I remember what I remember I find even better and I whisper again and your lips come together with mine and I'm forgetful what I've forgotten I've lost in a whisper and I've sent all the wind Once again, that was And Your Lips by the Pine Box Boys, taken from the 2012 Worms EP. You can find their music at pineboxboys.com. They're freaking amazing. Go there and buy stuff. Yeah. Is it time for my political rant? It's always time for your political rant. All right. First of all, I'd like to point out that just like I said, I told everyone I took all of my 401k money, put it in cash, because they couldn't get the, the fiscal cliff thing done. And ever since then, the market has gone nothing but up. And they still haven't fixed the political fiscal cliff thing. So I thought they made it. Didn't they make a deal? They're voting on it? I don't know. It oh, no, like they, they voted on the something. idea that they would vote on it in two months. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's right. They uh, extended. Yeah. So once again, my investment advice, do the opposite of what I do, people. You will <laughs> succeed. So I'm watching a lot of football at the end of the season. Getting into it, but I, there's just one thing. It always just kind of bugs me. I just got to say it. The Washington Redskins. Seriously. What decade is this now? We're in 2013. Isn't it time we all just kind of got together and changed that stupid name for the team? Really. If you move that team to, say, Los Angeles, if Los Angeles ever got its act together and got a football team again, and they said, what should we call it? Uh, we'll make a really cool samurai logo. We'll call it the Los Angeles Yellow Skins. No, that would not be acceptable. It would be stupid. It wouldn't even be suggested. If you did the same thing, but you put like some sort of Aztec warrior on the logo and you called them the, the Los Angeles Brown Skins, wouldn't even be suggested. Totally unacceptable. Seriously, Washington Redskins? That's embarrassing. Get a new team name. I know. I know. It's tradition. And it's it, loyalty, and there's longtime fans. It, but, but the thing is, you know, last show I pissed all over the South, so, hey, Yankees, now it's your turn. I'm pissing all over you and your team. Change the name. That's my political rant. Dude, they can't even change their field to <laughs> synthetic turf. They're not going to change the team name. They, like, broke oh, three players on that dirty, using? muddy, rocky piece of shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. They use mud. So yeah. do you have a problem with the Chiefs as well? No, see, this is where I draw my own personal line. You want to be the Warriors, you want to be the Chiefs, you want to be the Braves, fine. That's fine. You don't name yourself after, like, a racist idea of somebody else's skin color. That's lame. That's just lame. So lame, it's not even... It's just weak sauce. What about fighting Irish? Okay, here's the thing. The Irish, as far as I know, have never complained about that. Everybody's group. That's because they're too drunk. Jesus. <laughs> I'm part Irish. I can yeah, say that. You can say that. Yeah. Everybody's group has suffered racism as they've come into this country, including including my people. But no group has been more rat-fucked than the Native Americans when it comes to dealing with the U.S. government. And to put, like, I mean, that's the nation's capital, right, D.C.? Redskins, that's embarrassing. There's literally infinity names you could pick. Pick another name. What? None? <laughs> I, I don't know how to segue. You know what? Here's the thing. That's because it's so flippant obvious and ridiculous as soon as anybody points it out. It is. It does kind of leave one dumbstruck. That yeah. In this day and age, of, we're still calling the team the Redskins. Yeah, it sort of does fall under the tradition, but why are we thinking about what the tradition is? Man, you're on kind of like the racist thing. Last episode was the rebel flag. 
I know. Uh, I did, had no idea that you had this fire to stamp out racism. Good for you. I You're a good man. I had no idea either. I'm sure next week I'll be telling some sort of racist joke. And You're we'll a good man, Mr. Calkins. Well, you, you know, the episode's young. You might do that just during filthy jokes. I could. Maybe I'll insult the Eskimos. <laughs> it's always the Eskimos, too. I know. With me, it's the Eskimos. With or you, people the from the South, anyway. All right. You well, know, people in the South have more than 23 different words for pork. <laughs> Out here in the West, we only have one word delicious. All right. How about another tune? How about it? Let's go back to the Pine Box, boys. This okay. is The Devil is in the Dust. That's where I met her We had a private conversation That involved a little blushing by the bathroom And the night went on forever When I left her in the morning She was silent And I felt a little proud About she watched me from the shadows Saying nothing And the devil's in the dust And the dust is on my hat And I'll never be free of that When I heard she had been murdered And the neighbors gave the word I was guilty I got my pistol out of pawn And by daybreak I was gone from Laredo So I went out to the desert Where I thought the sheriff would look to find me And the wind began to wail And it covered up my trail And I was thirsty And the devil's in the dust And the dust is on my hat And I'll never be free of that And the bloody tears drained from my eyes And a voice on the wind with a shriek said that I did her in The more that I cried, I knew I was the reason she died And the sky grew as dark as the vision of the marks on her skin And it must have been the devil and the dust on my hat Who bid me do that Once again, The Devil in the Dust by the Pine Box Boys. Yeah. Multimedia triage, my friend. Triage it. Hold on. I, I'm going to take a sip of rum and coke out of my awesome Dr. Dune tune tumbler that Julie got me for Christmas. Oh, that's that's nice. It is. I have to say, not only am I a big fan of tune tumblers, these are these pint glasses with Marvel superheroes on them. They're all awesome. I've been a fan since I picked up the Captain America one at Comic-Con that year we went to San Diego together. Yeah. But uh, Julie got me several of them for Christmas, and we had an issue with a couple of them. It was a little messed up, and the Tune Tumbler company was awesome and replaced them, and I am totally happy with the company, and I love their product. Go to ToonTumblers.com for kick-ass glasses. There's nothing that makes me smile more than drinking out of a superhero pint glass. So, very cool. <laughs> I thought you were going to say drinking out of a superhero. I just love it. Anyway, as you were saying. If you make me wear that costume again. They didn't even pay for that plug, by the way. No, that's heartfelt. Hey, you know what I watched last night streaming on Netflix? What? Iron Sky. <laughs> How was that? I've been watching. You no, know, I guess that. we're just going to continue with the with the racist mode. Yes, it was Nazis on the moon, on the dark side of the moon. So we didn't know they were there, and they come to uh, to fight America and the free world. Nice. It was terrible and wonderful at the same time. I totally recommend watching it. 
You know, uh, speaking of terrible and wonderful at the same time, you and I did this sort of tandem viewing, no thanks to Xbox and Netflix's uh, <laughs> viewing party mode. It wasn't um, easy. <laughs> La Casa de Mi Padre. Oh, yeah. With Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Now, that was pretty goddamn fun, I have to that, admit. That was. It's a dumb, dumb movie, but we laughed quite a bit. We did, and it was in Spanish, which just kind of made it better. Yes, it, but some of the Spanish you could tell was, like, not quite right. <laughs> right. He'd say one thing in Spanish, and the, the translation on the bottom says something slightly different. <laughs> which, you know, I guess you wouldn't know that if you didn't take a year and a half of high school Spanish or whatever we took, but still it was, it made it for a more enjoyable, I think film watching experience again, streaming on Netflix. So why right. not watch it right away? Yes. Do that. And Hey Netflix, bring back the old, let your party watch a movie together on Netflix thing. Cause the jacked up way we did it wasn't nearly as cool. Yeah. Trying to sync up a movie on both ends is just moronic and there should be an easier way there used to be it was kind of fun having your little avatars down there you know making jokes and flipping popcorn in the air and stuff like that i don't know why they did away with that since everything is wanting to become more social these days it seems like an odd feature to do away with you know what i mean yeah and you don't have to worry the nice thing was the sound was coordinated i didn't have to listen to the sound coming out of my tv and the sound coming out of your tv through my headphones half the time yeah, it was it was kind of odd, but still good movie. Yes, Casa de Mi Padre. Is it Casa de Mi Padre or is it La Casa de Mi Padre? I said La Casa, but yeah, but were you right? I don't know. Or maybe were you it's typical Steve? En La Casa de Mi Padre. <laughs> en La Casa de Pepe. Where is Pepe? Else. What's Pepe up to these days, anyway? He's doing landscaping <laughs> for reals. <laughs> You racist bastard. He's actually doing <laughs> landscaping. Okay, what else? Uh, I saw Django, the new Quentin Tarantino joint, which I thought was amazing. It definitely had that Tarantino style to it, where he's taking, he's cribbing a bunch of other genres. So, slave movie mixed with spaghetti western, and a liberal portion of the Sergio Corbucci Django films from the 70s. But for me, it worked. You know, the great music that doesn't quite fit the scene, but still fits the feeling of the piece. Of course, there's a scene like all Tarantino films, the stuck in the middle with you scene or the bring out the gimp scene. There's a scene that's totally uncomfortable. There's a bunch of violence. Every time somebody gets shot in the film, a huge bucket of blood is thrown on the wall behind them. <laughs> but I mean, I just it's the kind of riveting electric cinema that I like to go see. And it makes going to the movies like an experience rather than a film. You don't walk out of there. I don't think most people walk anyway, walk out of a Tarantino film, either liking it a lot or hating it. I don't think people come out going, yeah, it was all right. So, you know, Julie and I went, had a great date night out, saw this movie and uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, right on. Also saw Jack Reacher. Tom Cruise, Miniature Jack Reacher. Yeah, Tom Cruise, again, he doesn't quite fit the Jack Reacher, but the writing was all there. And when he would belt out some of Reacher's hilarious lines, it was just really cool. So I found myself totally enjoying the movie. I think Julie was a little, you know, she's read a few Reacher books, but not as many. If you're a Lee Child fan, you need to go see the film. You'll like it a lot. But I think, uh, you know, if you're not really a fan, it's just another action movie. So kind of hard to see. Your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary. Hey, I saw Beasts of the Southern Wild, which what is, is a movie. That? That's a movie that I've been wanting to see ever since it was first released. Finally got to Netflix, and the day I got it, got the actual physical disc, was the day that they announced the Academy Award nominations. And the, the little girl, the actress in that, that uh, I guess she was the lead, she got nominated. So that was that was like I was cool for two and a half hours, I think. Wow, I'm disturbed that there's a little girl in it because the Southern Wild's what I call my crotch. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, my friend. Uh -oh. <laughs> yes, the Beast of the Southern Wild. I'm probably not telling you anything you don't know if you've been anywhere near major media, but it's a cool, fantastical movie um 
not entirely real because it's told through the eyes of a child about living in this this uh, rural part of the Mississippi Delta and watching the watching her community and her way of life um, slowly coming apart in the face of a, a lot of adversity. But it wasn't like a really really sad ass movie. It was a really it was a really cool movie and it was really well done. I I think everybody should see it. So when you say it wasn't real, was that like uh, visually or in the narrative or how do you mean? Like kind of like Darjeeling Limited. Did you see that? I did see that. and eh, I We just saw that recently and it like visually it was totally unreal. It was almost like watching a cartoon or something with the color scheme and the palette they used and the lighting. Yeah, more of the way that the, it's told through the girl's eyes. So some things she states in fact just aren't and her perception of of the, what things are happening is not always true. And there's these these giant fantastical beasts, which are occasionally you see them, and they're they're marching ever closer to her and her family and her loved ones. Um, I don't know. It, if anything, it, it kind of reminded me of Big Fish, which was also a cool movie. So check that out. Really? I did not like Big Fish. Oh, you might not like this movie. And though. I like... I like Tim Burton. I think he was the one who directed that. And I like a lot of the people in it, but I did not like that film. It was kind of like a weird fever dream, sort of, you know. And that's, that's yeah, what Darjeeling Limited more, was like, too. It's a lot more I was grounded like, than that. But yeah. I don't know. You might not like it. I thought it was great. I also saw, speaking of people dealing with the impending doom, I saw the Steve Carell movie, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Yeah. I really liked it. It was the best kind of romantic comedy because it's the kind of romantic comedy where you know at the end everybody's going to die. <laughs> okay. It, it what... was not... I think a lot of people were disappointed because they expected wacky slapstick 40-year-old virgin and it wasn't that at all. It was really deadpan delivery. The deal is there's an asteroid that's going to hit the Earth that's going to kill everybody. Everybody knows it's going to happen. So this guy, he's he's decided he's going to go try to find his old high school sweetheart before the asteroid hits. Mm-hmm. And as he's going on this adventure to, to do this, he runs into characters, hilarity ensues. But some of the scenes are wonderful. Like he's driving down the road and he just looks out the window and he sees someone diligently mowing his lawn. You know, doesn't make any comment or anything, but like, dude, the world is ending in a week. Why are you mowing your lawn? This is how you're spending your time. He's got a cleaning lady that refuses to stop showing up. He's telling her, no, just go be with your family. You know, it's all, we're all going to die in a week. She's like, what? You're firing me? <laughs> it was, it was just kind of a, kind of a fun movie. Oh, huh, okay. And continuing with the world ending theme, I read Sarah Vowell's Unfamiliar Fishes. So were you reading and watching all this stuff like right no, before? I've been consuming Mayan- my- 1221 is that what you were doing my brain damage has subsided to the point where i can almost become normal again and i'm just like catching up on all this stuff i've been wanting to do like reading books watching movies and working and doing film festival stuff cartooning and feeding my family (laughs) laundry nice yeah you're a productive member of society again almost it's the uh non-fiction it's about Hawaii from Captain Cook discovering it, if you want to call showing up someplace where people are already living, discovering it, all the way through its annexation into the United States. And it was just a, a cool little bit of history. And finally, once again, speaking about the end of the world, XCOM, probably the best game on the Xbox of 2012, came out with some free DLC. Oh, nice. And I'm playing through that game again with the new DLC. All the DLC is, they, they've got DLC that's a standalone mission. I didn't do that. What I'm talking about is they've made it so you can change up the rules to the game and go through it um, with with different rules. You can make your soldiers' experience more variable. You can make psychic gifts more rare. There's there's several different things you can toggle. Huh. And so I'm doing that again. God, that's, a, that's just such a well-designed game. That's a great game. Cool. Yeah, I've been the little bit of time I've been playing video games. I've been spending with Dishonored. I'm really wrapped up in the world of it right now. It's really cool. You like that whole steep 
steampunk vibe. This one just, it has something, what I like about it is I can't think of another game that's like it. It just feels like a unique, different experience, and I'm kind of enjoying that. It's not another post-apocalyptic thing like Borderlands and Rage and those type of games. It's not another sci-fi thing like Mass Effect. It just feels like its own deal to me, and I, I'm really enjoying that about it. So, it, it seems like it's pretty sandboxy, and you can spend a lot of time poking around in the different corners of Dunwall, and I'm having a good time because the city is cool, and you can climb around on the roofs and run around. I, I think it kind of maybe cribs some stuff from like Thief and Assassin's Creed and other games of similar type. But it still has a unique vibe to me, and I'm enjoying that. Well, bully for you. Well, thank you. Book-wise, you reading anything? I'm actually reading Pariah right now, the uh, book that you suggested. So I'm about a third of the way into that, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, actually, I have a big pile of books that my dad gave me, and I started reading one. and got about 100 pages into it and threw it away. (laughs) Okay, what was it? It was uh, uh, The guy's name is Coyle. I read some of his older books, and he writes these really oh, cool... Military fiction, right? Military tank battle stuff. Yeah. He's, he's like the tank guy. But this one I'm reading, or was reading, threw it away, God's Children. And it was about uh, set in the not-so-distant future. These guys with Bradley fighting vehicles go out on a patrol. But it seems like the whole time he was writing about how he really does understand the soldier's mind. I don't give a shit about if he understands the soldier's mind. Tell me a story. He wasn't telling me a story, so I threw his book away. Take that coil. Hey! <laughs> nice. I just cracked Quicksilver, but that looks like a giant tome. Yeah, I've got those, the Neil Stevenson books. And mm-hmm. I love Snow Crash, and I love some of his stuff, but man, that looks like a daunting thing. It's got the Dark Tower thing on me, where it's just like, it seems <laughs> yeah. so much to dip into that I, I, I'm almost unwilling, like, feel like I don't have the attention span right now to even start. I've had that book for a year now, so and it just sits there on my dresser looking at me, and I look at it, and it just, come on, come on, big guy, you ready for me? And finally, I, I'm six pages into it. <laughs> well, let me know. Yeah, I may be seven pages. Because Under the Dome, it, didn't Under the Dome take you a while? <laughs> I think I yes. finished that one. I started it after you, and I finished it before you. Yeah, some of those, some of those do, but the problem is... You start reading a book like Under the Dome, and then I'll get like three books that are all Horace Heresy, and you have to read those as soon as they come <laughs> out. There's That's the law. Right. I understand that. Yeah. And I think another Horace Heresy book comes out towards the end of January, so I better get to reading. Oh, dang. Well, I still have like... Julie got me Pariah for Christmas, and I was going through all the Dan Abnets. I have like five Gaunt's Ghost books I haven't read yet, too, already that I have in my library. So I got to get on the horse and get some of that stuff read. Yeah, you do. So is that it? Is it time for another tune? Let's do it. Let's listen to some Sandcaz. All right. The Switchbacks Are Crumbling by Sandcazagascar. This is from their Drought Times EP. Check it out.
Once again, the sprawling, the switchbacks are crumbling by San Kazagaskar, taken from the Drought Times EP. What's their website again? You can find them at www.latherrecords.com slash sankaz. S-A-N-K-A-Z. Thanks once again to San Kazagaskar and the Pine Box Boys for the incredible music for us to play this episode. Yeah. Dude. By the hype man. Yeah. Yeah. Is it time for some filthy jokes? Filthy jokes. My joke's really not all that filthy. I hope you don't mind. Well, go for it anyway. Okay. So there's this guy. Lives in suburban Ohio. Living a suburban Ohio kind of lifestyle. One morning, he hears a voice in his head. The voice says, quit your job. Sell your house. Take all your money and go to Las Vegas. Well, he doesn't know what to make of it, so he ignores the voice. But later in the day, he hears the voice again. Quit your job. Sell your house. Take all your money and go to Las Vegas. Again, he ignores the voice, so he's getting a little concerned. After a while, though, he starts hearing this voice every minute of the day. Quit your job. Sell your house. Take all your money. Go to Las Vegas. He can't take it anymore. He believes the voice. I mean, he's hearing this voice in his head. So he quits his job. He sells his house. He takes all his money and he flies to Las Vegas. And as soon as he steps off the plane, the voice says, Go to Caesar's Palace. So he goes to Caesar's Palace. And again, he hears the voice that says, Make your way to the roulette table. So he does what he's told, gets the roulette table, and the voice says, put all your money on red, 23. So he takes all of his money, all of his life savings, the money from the sale of his house, and he puts it on red, 23. The dealer spins the wheel, and it comes up black, 17. And the voice says, fuck. <laughs> I'd forgotten that joke. I've heard it before. Yeah, it's an old joke. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. All right. Well, I figure since San Gascar and the Pine Box Boys are doing these short albums, these EPs, that I would come up with some short form jokes. So I did a little searching. And in the short form, I am going to try to offend everyone. Hey, go for it. Okay. What do Tupperware and a walrus have in common? I give up what? They both like a tight seal. <laughs> how can Who you t- How can you tell if your wife is dead? <laughs> I don't know. The sex is the same, but the dishes pile up. <laughs> what do you give a pedophile who has everything? <laughs> I don't know what. A bigger parish. No! Whoa! <laughs> Why couldn't <laughs> Helen Keller drive? Why? Because she was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between your mom and a Kit Kat? <laughs> I don't know. You only get four fingers in a Kit Kat. <laughs> oh, Mom. I am so sorry. I'm, <laughs> I am glad, though, that you didn't compare a Kit Kat and my mom's chocolatey goodness. <laughs> All right. Thank yous. Of course, we'd like to thank San Casagascar and the Pine Box Boys for the music this episode. Again, you can find the Pine Box Boys at pineboxboys.com, San Kazagascar at www.latherrecords slash San Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. We've got new content on bonehand.com every Sunday, including the heavy half hour when we're not doing bone bat, I actually I need to do one of those. It's been a while since I got my metal on. Yeah. And you can find my work at mightywombat.com. New cartoon every week. Sorry that I broke the website. Uh, and thank you to BitDog for fixing it for me. We have, uh, we have a Facebook page, don't we? We do indeed. You can also follow us at Twitter on BoneBat. Or I have a Bonehand Twitter feed as well. And I've got... Mighty underscore Wombat on Twitter, which I use at least once a month. 
Thank you for listening, of course. And if you like what we do, please tell a friend. Tell a bunch of friends. What's our closing tune tonight, Gord? Our closing tune, short song from short albums, and I think it's highly appropriate, The Band's Drunk by the Pine Box Boys. Fantastic. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. The band's drunk. Go home. I ain't serving no more liquor. Don't you pitch your home. Just pay that tab and I call the cab and I leave me the fuck alone. Big Daddy, there's the door you done. No, it didn't make the <laughs> sound. It would have been awesome. And then a thousand monkeys fly out of the <laughs> <Right. trees. laughs>